You're listening to Mike and Kristen. The podcast. I'm Mike, a musician, writer, and producer. And I'm Kristen, a painter, writer, and designer. Our show is all about following dreams, taking chances, and what life as an artist is really about. Together, we bring you weekly guest interviews and thought-provoking conversations. Let's go! Hello there, Kristen Ray Harrington. What is happening? Are we rolling our introduction right into the episode? Might our as well. episode is the introduction. Okay. So it's one big, long introduction. One giant introduction. We haven't done just a you and me episode in a it's while. It's just us. Yeah. That's I, fun. It would be hard to do this by yourself, don't you think? Podcasting? Like just, a one-person show? Yeah. Um, so it it's a di- different type of show. Like, there's some very famous podcasts with just one person. Yeah, of um, course. I just think it would be more challenging. Or yeah. maybe you have more of a script or notes written out. Well, we have nothing prepared. Obviously, ever. there's like <laughs> say like a true crime one, and that's just like yeah pre-prepared and one person's reading. But there are like like Bill Burr has a podcast, and he just rants for two hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it's a, a lot of comedians who do that. They are coming up with ideas, like they're just kind of fleshing out ideas through the podcast, and a lot of it will turn into bits. But uh, for for us, yeah, I don't know if one of us <laughs> just talking for an hour would be too exciting. Well, well, uh, they've got just us today, so there's the the dynamic duo. The at two the very of us least. is very exciting. Yeah, though, very right? very exciting. Yeah. But uh, no, it's it's nice. It's nice to kind of have a a check in, and we've been fortunate to have a lot of amazing guests and learned a lot along the way as that continues to happen. But oh, we thought yeah. this would be a natural just break point. Or well, we want to talk about the project we've been working on, the big project that comes out this Saturday, October seventh, and that is Galactic Pie. Yes, this has been an idea for over a year, maybe two years. It's just been, the seed was planted. And it's funny because we were talking last night how we've known this was coming for this stretch of time. But the month leading up to the show is kind of the only time that you you make it all come together, make it happen. So we've been very fixated on our work. I've been going so hard in the studio my ears are hurting which is not a good thing for working in the studio yeah so i've been having to take some breaks to get away from sound we had a talk a couple of weeks ago just to be on the same page of okay the next couple of weeks is going to look very different than our regular routine and lifestyle and this is what it's going to take to finish this and we have other things happening around that creation period, of course. Yeah. You, you made a trip to Cape Breton and to attend a, a service, that the, and these things are important to happen. I hosted a workshop last weekend and had to tear down the entire gallery for a church fundraiser the day before that workshop. So it's been a whirlwind. It's been a lot of intensity and focus, but there's something exciting about that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 a unique headspace to be in as a creative person. So I would say that 
I prior to the workshop, at least that that weekend kind of was a little bit of a hiccup feeling emotionally because it was just so much. Yeah, clearing out a full gallery and then putting it back together the next day and hosting everyone and then tearing it all down again the day after that. It was more the anticipation of that weekend that kind of threw me knowing that it was going to be so busy. But I will say that so for the probably the past month, I haven't had operating hours at Togetherland at the gallery. I haven't been open hardly at all to the public which I experimented with over the summer. Just I'd put my sign out and post my hours daily on social media. And for the most part, that that worked out well. But I learned that it's probably a better use of my time to treat the studio, the gallery as more of a studio. And then I host bigger events and gather all these people under one roof together instead of having my sign out, say, for six hours a day, and then you're picking away at things that may be interrupted by someone coming in. Mm -hmm. And so knowing this show is coming up on October 7th, I, like I say, for the last month have more or less been closed exclusively and treated the space as my studio. And it's been one of the most joyful times as a artist that I remember in the last 10 years. Like well, so much focus on that. Pure creation. Yeah. You're not worried about someone coming in and making sure your square reader's working and just all those and then entertaining them for X amount of time and then going back to well, where was I with this? Exactly. Just pure creation. And you and I both are I don't want to say guilty of because we choose the life and projects we take on for the most part. But we're often juggling many balls at once. We're writing to meet a deadline and we're recording podcasts and you're taking in clients. I'm, yeah, having hours or hosting events. And so, yes, you're making time for creation, but never have I ever experienced this length of continuous time. So you'll wake up in the morning and rather than have this feeling of panic, I have to get this done, you look at your calendar and say, oh my gosh, I have five days in a row that I can work on this thing. It just puts your head in a different sense of ease, a, yeah. a different place. Well, it's it's nice to just focus on one thing because it's hard to give it its full attention when you ha are juggling these multiple ideas and tasks and planning. But to just say, I'm just creating a galactic pie and that's your sole job. You can really just dive into it. And let's explain what uh, Galactic Pie is here, first and foremost. Galactic Pie is an art show, a multi multimedia art show that's happening on October 7th at my art gallery, Togetherland, on St. Margaret's Bay Road. And it incorporates a lot of thematic messages. It is galaxy or universe space themed mm -hmm. at its root but it's inspired by the idea that we are all connected despite the physical form we might take and that is inspired by a couple of things i suppose that have happened in in my life both maybe it's the loss of someone which we'll talk about um and and the, a person passing still taking on the same 
uh, stardust sort of physical cellular form as we are, like all other objects that we know in this world. Yeah. And, you know, it's been about a year and a half, not quite, that I lost my hearing in my left ear, which would have been this huge physical change for me. And I really wanted to capture this concept of, despite these things that happen to us, we all are still on the same, we're all still the same. We're all still equal. We're all still celebrated. Um, There's this sense of equality and belonging, despite what happens to you or those around you. That's at its essence what I wanted to capture for the theme of the show. The presentation is going to be more sensory rich and exciting and timed and you are contributing to part of this experience. And I think connectivity is the, the word that we've been throwing around a lot about this where like, like you said, you, we are all scientifically we're made up of the same, same matter as a star or a planet or that tree out there. We're all, we're all just these fine atoms that have come together in various combinations to make up different things. But for 13.6 billion years ago when the Big Bang happened, and actually they are debating now that it's twice as long, mm-hmm. which is kind of hilarious. Like It's not like, no, it's add another 500 million years. Like right. No, add th- another 13.6 billion years. But this changes nothing in our ability to conceive of what that length of time no, means. It's, yeah, it's, well, uh, when you think of 13.6 billion, but then you think of infinity, like obviously anything compared to infinity is nothing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the universe is probably infinite, in my, in my opinion, in what goes on out there. You and I have always had a fascination with space, as have millions of other people. I'm not doing anything new by having a space art show. You're the first. <laughs> but I, I I don't know. Maybe this is just a moment or a stepping stone in an artist's career. Like, oh, she's going through her space phase now. But I when so I look back to kind of my teenage years when your first conceptualizing some of these ideas such as infinity and when you really dig into that and think about it for the first time you've something happens in your neural pathways where it's developing this this new wrinkle this new idea and not only is it a new idea but it's for me it opens up a whole new way just of thinking in general yeah. like opening your mind to something and pushing those limits For some people, the vastness of the universe or even the idea that you said that scientifically proven we are all made up of the same material, that can be a really comforting concept to feel this sense of community and belonging and connection like we are celebrating in this show. But it can also feel really overwhelming, like what's the point or am I relevant in this world because of that? There's a sense of nothingness to it as well. You're nothing and everything all at the same time. Yes. You're big and small. You're 
this tiny little dot and infinity all at the same time. Like it's, it's the, well, that's why for, for human history, people have just looked at the stars and been fascinated. Like Mm -hmm. what is out there? How long does it go? Is there other life out there? Like just so many civilizations in in past history have used the stars as their way to get around or and then as astronomy and astrology and it's just been a focal part of being human has been looking up at the sky and how it makes you feel i really appreciate the intersection of science and spirituality that comes with this concept of the universe as well, which completely aligns with my style of art as well. Because for anyone who has maybe taken a workshop from me or heard me talk about the technique in my art, it is very science-based. There's, it's mixing formulas with very specific ingredients measured because they react to one another much like a science project would. But there's also this kind of sacrificing of control because the paint on the canvas is going to do its own thing whether you like it or not. And I feel like this concept of how we see the sky it is very much in alignment with that. So as you're saying, there's astrophysicists who would study the science of this. Neil deGrasse Tyson is a, a familiar, recognizable name who, mm. who you, some of our listeners might know. And to reading your astrological horoscope, like this is the spectrum that it covers, which I find really exciting. Yeah, You fit in no matter what, no matter where you fit in this world, which goes to the root of, of the whole theme. That's all anyone's ever looking for, just to... To fit in and find a place where they they belong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and the skies have been used for navigation, guiding us in our life. Mm-hmm. Even when we lived at Togetherland during the evacuation for the wildfires, we would go down to the beach every night and lay under the stars. And there was something really soothing about that in a stressful time. Yeah, yeah it's it's so important to to being human. And just the fascination that it brings to people is is something that has inspired so many artists and scientists and just everyday people in in how they how they view life and and sometimes sometimes feeling really small like feeling like yeah I'm just a speck of dust in this whole vast infinite space is the most liberating thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the opposite can be too. Like it's a, it's a, it's an interesting thing that it can make you feel these two separate ways, but can both be empowering at the same time. And both true. Yeah. As is anyone's belief in this. So everything from what happens to your body or soul after you die. Like we all get to have our own set of beliefs as to what that looks like, what that means, what happens. And they're all correct. Yeah. There is no right or wrong answer here. Oh, there's I, a few wrong ones. Yeah. <laughs> What's a wrong one? Uh, I don't know what that uh, maybe. Do you believe in reincarnation? I don't know what I believe in anymore. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure at different points in time, like 
at one point I did believe in heaven and hell, I guess, like mm -hmm. in the growing up Catholic, you're, you're taught, well, this is what happens when you die. So when you're a kid, you don't really question that. That's just yeah. how it is. So I don't know. I don't think I believe in that anymore, that there's one place where everything is perfect and one place where it's just pain and torture for forever. But I don't, I think that's, there's some energy to us that continues on. And I think that those broad definitions of something like heaven and hell, like probably are true in some capacity where maybe your energy just goes to a, a place that's better or worse or, you know, it's, it's, mm -hmm. I just, I like hearing what other people have to say about it, but I don't, I don't really, really like sit down and just say right out, this is what I think about. Like I haven't thought about it since, I don't know, the last time it would have randomly come up in conversation. But yeah, I, I feel like there is something more to it all and something we probably just maybe in a thousand years or something we'll, we'll understand. But there's some side of being human that if it's other dimensions or it's just this spiritual realm or whatever it may be that we just can't comprehend. And, and I feel like there's little, little moments in time where people are able to tap into it, but we just can't get a grasp on it now. If, and I don't know if science will help us get there or it's a more spiritual awakening but yeah, in terms of like organized religion, like I think the principles of most of them are like good. Like, yeah, be a good person and treat your neighbor well and all that. But I think like that's kind of religion has been commercialized. Like there's so much money and corruption in pretty much all religions. Like you can look at a scandal in, in any type of religion and you think like Buddhism's perfect, but then you hear of a guy up at uh, Gampo Abbey putting a camera in the bathrooms to record girls when they're showering. You're like, what the hell, man? Like you think these, I don't know, there's so much corruption in religion. It's hard to believe that any of that is actually real. But I think there's foundations of it that maybe thousands of years ago before things were translated a million times and, and, changed over time to fit people's narratives like i think the very origin of a lot of the religions other than mormonism because that's completely fake and made up by a 14 year old boy who was a, a known liar but uh the principle's still good in it though you know well this is any any like you're saying any religion at its core i believe has in common this idea of love and tolerance and community yeah. which i think is part of our the the human fabric really we all need and want those things yeah i i find that sense of religion i'll call it in this idea of the cosmos i i see yeah. that as kind of a liberating way of well if i don't need to identify with something that's been developed and created by humans then i can connect with this sense of 
something higher, which is really what every god is. Mm-hmm. It, it takes a different form and shape and story behind it, but yeah. at its root, they all have this in common. So I, I understand why people want to belong to an organized religion. It Again, it's just that sense, sense of, of belonging. Yeah, and peace. Like, if you truly believe that you go to this perfect place when you die like that's pretty incredible i wish yeah Yeah. i wish i truly truly with the all the conviction that staunch religious folks have that i i had that but i i my brain is too i have a a logical side to it that questions that i suppose well i i believe in god in the sense of the universe like you, I've I've read a lot of literature where people use God and the universe interchangeably. Yes, mm-hmm. where they say you might not be religious, so you don't believe in this person up in the heavens who controls everything and knows everyone's thoughts and all that. But maybe just the way the universe works is your de- definition of God, and you put good things out into the universe, and good things come back, and. I think I believe in some variation of that where mm-hmm. maybe, yeah, there's not a guy with a big beard just kind of pulling the strings to how everything works out, but there is some type of cosmic. It's definitely not a guy, but yeah, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Well, gender neutral. Gender neutral. Energy. Being in the clouds. <clears throat> But, Are you afraid to die? Uh, I guess, yeah. Like I, I think that I don't. I don't know if I'm afraid to see what's next. It's more. I don't want to leave this life because I have so much I want to do and see and feel and. But like, if a meteor was hitting. And everyone was going to die. Like, that's different. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I think, like, I would just be like, okay, let's see what's going to happen. Like, I don't have to worry about the world going on and me not in getting a chance to be a part of it. So is it FOMO? <laughs> Fear missing out of life. Uh, I guess, yeah. Well, it's it's more like I, I feel like... I don't know, it's taken me a long time to get to a point where I'm the creative person that I am now, and like I didn't have any lessons ever growing up. I had to just go through the the school of hard knocks to figure out how to be a good songwriter and a writer, and mm-hmm. I have so many things I'm just on the cusp of putting out to the world, like multiple novels that are close to the finish line, like all these new songs and new directions and just things I just feel like I I want to put out into the universe, like to put my little mark out there that says I was here, I did this, and maybe that just adds to some part of the cosmic force of the the way things flow in in, in this massive infinite space. But I just feel like, like if I was diagnosed with something terminal right now, I would, I would just want to make sure somehow some of these projects got finished just because I feel like 
I'm supposed to do that, that it needs to get out there. But again, if it was all, if it was all just going to end for everyone all at once, mm-hmm. of course I'd be scared. Like I think any, everyone would be a little bit scared. Like, but I don't think I would just go into a pure panic. I guess I'd just lay there with you and watch the meteor coming and just see, see know, where we go, see where we go, see what happens. I'm torn between envying being around for the future not not in my own life but say hundreds of years i think about our grandmothers both lived almost to be 100 years old and in their lifetime would have seen the invention of everything from a television to a car to the internet mm-hmm. imagine imagine how much their life changed in that period of time and We've experienced that in, I guess, all forms of technology. There would be a number of examples. And we're kind of on the brink of AI, which I think will be one of the grander technological changes that we witness in our lifetime and how that impacts day-to-day life and the workforce, how we relate to one another, art. And so there's the curious part of me wants to see where that goes. But I also wonder... If the impact on humanity and and more so the the, the Earth itself, climate change, if it's going to be a hospitable place after all, I'll come up with some scientific thing that will once it gets to a point where it's too far, then everyone put their energy into figuring out how to fix it. That's that's how it will be fixed. Or we'll just relocate to Mars. Well, we're still better than Mars, though. <laughs> Mars is. Like what? Minus two hundred degrees, and well, we personally know someone who's creating habitat for Mars. Yeah. So it's it's happening. She's yeah, she's the smartest human we know. But uh, but yeah, that that aside, this is kind of oh something else I discuss I read recently. Probably most of most of us are familiar with black holes. So there's this concept of of dark matter pulling in everything around it, and that means everything. So there's this theory as well, the scientific community, this is breaking now, is this idea of white holes that do the opposite, that spew things out that are already in form. And there's not necessarily evidence around this, But what I like about it is that those who are studying concepts that are not yet proven are open to this being just as possible. They don't need to see it and hold it for it to be real to them. That is very interesting. I haven't heard about this. But that, I feel like, just like throughout human history, at one point, the entire world believed that earth was flat mm-hmm. and some people still do, <laughs> but uh, like science gets to a point where this is the definitive truth. Like the earth is the, f- the earth is flat and everything in the galaxy gravitates around earth. We are the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was proven by science. Like thinking 
a hundred, two hundred, a thousand years, the stuff that's going to be learned and what we think now that is true, that is completely yes, laugh. Wrong. It'll be laughable yeah. one day that we thought that. Like even some of the greatest minds in science in human history, like their theories are going to be like, oh yes, Einstein was wrong here, or yeah, whatever it may be. But that's that's just the nature of progress. You you come up with something that is proven true until proven otherwise and we have to believe that for a certain amount of time and because there's no other way to prove otherwise yeah but i think so many things are going to change and i i have this feeling that that will happen with with even religion like and just this things like intuition that's a something that's we can't explain like we walk into a room and you feel a certain way like you you want you you're around a certain person and you you feel a certain way without them even saying anything and maybe it's you're picking up on little signs of the way they carry their body physically or whatever but some part of us is able to pick up on things and we we have no real explanation for that and just like 500 years ago, we didn't really know what germs were. Like, they're invisible. Mm-hmm. Right. But this invisible thing that we can't see can travel and make you sick. Or smell. Like, what is smell? Like, you can't see it. But I, I think in X amount of time, there'll be a million other things discovered that we can't see that's, that are that is real. Like... Yeah, other that could be other dimensions. That could yeah. be telepathic communication. Yeah. It could be simulation theory. Yeah. I feel very open-minded to all of these concepts because as you're saying, if we look back on history, we've been proven wrong many, many times. So who's to say that some of these theories, be it the the theory of the white holes? Yeah. Like why not? Of course that's possible. Who am I to to challenge that idea there's this guy i i read or i heard on a podcast and it sounds like he's absolutely crazy but at the same time like he he sounds just like he's talking about whatever a dog or something but that that's super real and tangible but he his name is chris bledsoe and he's had like thousands and thousands of encounters with uh non-human entities and like i guess in the past people would say aliens Mm -hmm. but this this guy kind of looks at them in a different way and he his whole thing is bringing this religious slant to it where these aliens are angels and it's it's like kind of crazy until you think of like what a religion is like how is okay this guy up in the sky who controls everything and is all knowing and just has the power to create an entire universe how is that more believable than whatever little orbs floating around that are your soul when you die and you travel between dimensions and like i i don't know if i believe 
anything like that exactly, but uh, why are there, why are so many people against believing in aliens or that there's other life out there? Like, how is that less believable than yeah? And we tell so our many things. kids, if there's kids listening, just uh, there's, I'm going to say something here. <laughs> so I'm going to give a second. But we tell our kids lots of stories, right? Yeah. Of imaginary people that may be in our life. And yeah, we're aware that we're doing that. But just to say we're, there, there are some aspects of storytelling that we believe and others we don't. And, and it's a personal choice. But yeah, as you're saying, what would make alternative life force forms any more or less believable than a god it's kind of the same thing really and this idea of them being angels i find really beautiful and peaceful i've never heard that before and because again your idea of an angel yes we've been told a story and when when i say the word angel you might picture a woman in a white dress with wings because this is how they've been drawn historically or described but something angelic is how it makes you feel these beings people who have had encounters with what are they called again not ufo's but uh or call, not alien sorry um, non-human non-human entities non-human entities often describe that experience as a peaceful one yeah There may be fear in the unknown, but in that direct encounter, those who have had that experience describe it very similarly to one another, that there was a sense of calm and belonging and message and telepathic communication. Mm. Yeah. And this guy, again, crazy or not, I I don't know, Um, but he, he started looking at the the Bible because he was like a super religious guy and then like older translations and stuff and so many different points in it in his eyes he thought was like kind of misconstrued where this this thing that they were describing whatever the burning bush or something and I, I don't know I haven't I've never actually read the Bible myself you just hear people talking about it but uh this could be translated as what 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 he's seeing could be taken back like this entity or orb or whatever he's describing is very similar to these things in the bible right but the way that we 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 uh constructed it and we made our meanings around it there is is different than that it's it's kind of more probably easier to accept maybe like it's more simple than that but maybe there's just something that was lost in translation or whatever throughout the years yes and i believe the bible is your own interpretation you can read the text and consume that as literally as you choose. I don't know that a lot of the stories are meant to be consumed in such a black and white nature. It's more about the symbolism or message behind it. Yeah. So yeah, that could be interpreted as lots of things and we'll never know the true experience or if there was an experience at all. Maybe it was always just a concept. Yeah. It's uh, it's just interesting, and again, we're just 
talking about connectivity and how we're all all linked together and with what what's out there that truly truly does bring us together and if you believe in infinity there's a very good chance that somewhere else in the cosmos this very scenario of mike and kristen recording this conversation is happening how could it not be i wonder if we get more downloads, downloads. in infinity yeah well they say in infinity every single thing is possible yeah or is not possible is actually true is actually true like there's a factually po- there's a podcast out there where it's me and you but we just sit in different spots like i'm in your seat and you're in mine mm-hmm. and then there's a podcast where it's me you and a giant praying mantis is the third host mm-hmm. that'd be awesome and there's one where <laughs> you know like there's yeah there's every possibility every possible. it's endless that is well insane to to think of but i i I really like the one with the third host being a giant praying mantis that can talk Mm -hmm. gosh i almost feel disappointed that we don't have that now (laughs) yeah (laughs) so this is this conversation we're having is really what inspired this art show yeah it's it's almost like stoner talk at like middle of the night looking up at the stairs like all these different ideas and Again, we're not, if you're religious or not or anything, we're not trying to take away or try to say anything new, but just, it just, the the possibilities of what's out there and what, what connects us and who we are and how we're all brought together. But it's, I think something every human has thought of at some point in time. Of course. And I, I remember having this conversation with you almost being worried that, well, this idea has been done so many times that I shouldn't. And you reminding me that there's more or less six themes for every single film that's ever been made in the history of filmmaking. And the same could be said for books and music and all arts. Like we, we express the human experience. We express emotion and love and hurt and pain and connection. Yeah. And this is my expression of that. And your expression of it is through various forms of art. What what are people going to see there? The show is different. The whole gallery is different. If you've been to Togetherland, you know it's not a traditional art gallery, but I'm located inside of a church. And so I'm doing something a little bit different for this show where rather than just coming into the space and you're viewing my new collection of paintings, it's going to be a timed event. And so between 7 and 7.30, I'll have the audience arrive and I'll have the gallery portion blocked off and you're actually going to go sit in the church part of the building as just kind of a waiting area. Uh, And there'll be a few things happening in there. I've asked you if you would kind of navigate uh, people coming in, taking attendance, and yeah. I'll have some things set up, some space music playing, like Space Jam and uh, things that I've found to create a playlist. But And then at exactly 7.30, that audience is going to come into the gallery and have almost a, a blast, pardon the pun, of a sensory-rich experience. So I have a number of new paintings that will outfit the room our friends Lorne and Rochelle from Crab Apple Cookery, who have uh, set up food for sale at all of my events, 
will be joining us. Uh, it is called Galactic Pie, so uh, I don't know that they're making pie, but one would think. <laughs> mm. uh, there's going to be projection. I've got some interactive components to it. And one of the most special parts is that you have created a custom soundtrack for the event. Yeah. And before I ask you about that, uh, I also want to add that our friend... Sarah Mater, who is a meditation and breathwork instructor, has also written a custom guided visualization that she's going to take the audience through. It's only maybe five or six minutes, but um, we'll play your soundtrack for the first half an hour. People can kind of take in the show in its grandness. We'll turn the music down. You're going to speak a little bit about your music. I'm going to speak about my show. And then Sarah is going to take us through this guided experience as a group. And then the last hour of the show, we'll play your soundtrack again uh, at a lower volume. And you can just kind of enjoy it and take it in. Woo. Yeah. And it's space themed. So it's space costume attire, which could be everything from a black t-shirt to an astronaut suit. The... Yeah, this this project for me has been a unique one where it's all instrumental pieces. There's no no vocals at all. There's I guess some like oohs and ahs like in, in there. Oh, uh, there'll be oohs and ahs. <laughs> uh, but it's the song structure is completely different than how I typically write songs like I've never followed the formula like exactly like, oh I gotta do this, this and this, but there's there's typically verse and a chorus at least in, in every song, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, maybe a bridge, maybe not. But the lyrics do have some type of structure in the bulk of songs I've ever written. And these songs are just instrumental pieces, so you don't have that those vocals to lean on and the structure of a song with vocals is typically changing because the vocals are changing. Okay, this is the chorus. This is where it has to lift up an energy. So with these instrumental pieces, it's almost like just building the song, like having like one part and then keep building instruments upon it and adding layers and bringing in new components and just building into kind of epic pieces so it's a completely different style of music and none of the songs were pre-written i would just sit down and a couple times i just hit record and just started to play and they became full songs and i've never i've never done that before in my life like Hmm. it's it's been a. how have you enjoyed this it's it's such a different creative expression for you like how do you feel it's it's really fun. Like I I, I love it. Um, I, I my recordings like with my band and solo stuff. There's certainly elements where this style would come come in, and a lot of times, like at the end of the song, like I'll just have like weird fade outs and bring in some strings or whatever it may be in di- different parts and. As a producer and a recording engineer, like that's what I'm doing all the time. I'm just figuring out how to put pieces of the puzzle together to bring it to life and 
this is kind of just the ultimate puzzle puzzle game i guess where i'll just come up with like one guitar part just two chords back and forth the whole song and how can i take that and elevate it to a point where it could be the soundtrack if you're going through a black hole you know like mm. it's and most most of the songs get to a point where it's fairly intense and that can be happy that can be just kind of a thoughtful thoughtful kind of tone whatever it may be but i i bring them all to a point where it it builds and builds and gets to kind of a climax and that's generally the structure of all these and some are most are guitar based there's two that uh the the focal point is piano those are two i really like the piano ones and I'm not a great piano player, so it's a little harder to to capture accurately what I want to. Like I just generally have the idea and then go to the instrument and on guitar I can do it quite easily because I've been playing so long. Piano, at one point in my life I did practice a fair bit, but now I'd, I'd never practice piano. It's just a studio tool to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm not efficient with it but uh it, it comes across pretty good in the end i guess and yeah it's been a, a cool cool journey and i really like the songs and i i i listen to some instrumental stuff explosions in the sky is a group i really like that's more of a band though mm-hmm. and they're they have songs and they all build and but I didn't really sit down and listen to other stuff. Okay, I got to be inspired by this. I just kind of went out and kind of made my own rules and set my own foundations and and just saw what would happen. The songs are so beautiful. They're very moving. And I think having also been able to witness the creation process, I know you have been working so hard on these and it shows, as all of your products do that you make, but it's very meaningful knowing that you're making this to complement this art show for me. It, it's yeah, a real, like, sincere, loving gift that you're making as well. And so the music will be played. It's a 30-minute soundtrack. So the music will be played between 7.30 and 8 o'clock at the show, and then we'll play it again. What do you want to happen with these songs after opening night? Uh, I will release them at some point. Um, I think I'll get them to a point on opening night where they're sounding great and ready to go, but I probably will want a few more a little more time to tweak them before I release them to the public. Yeah. Just because it's been such a a quick period of time and it's just me and like I haven't shown anyone. Usually I have like feedback from other people and just, you know, some different ears on them to say, just to, to help me guide them towards the best version of themselves. And I don't have time to do that before the show. But I I want to do that before they're released, and I think I I kind of want to use them as a, a launching pad into like scoring film and getting opportunities like that where 
because I, I I'm pretty good at these this style of music and I've always loved just hearing a song like in the background of a movie that kind of builds with the scene and captures what's happening there like the the music to go along with it and I have I've scored one short film before and loved the experience and would like to just take that to another level like I'm, I'd still be a, a beginner at that in that world but I think I I can capture the essence of what's happening in a scene in music and I've all, I'm always perceptive to what's going on around me and just just like for this project like I it's space themed and like what does that mean to me mm-hmm. and that's I guess ultimately what what scoring a film is you see something and what does that mean to me how can I capture that feeling that that emotion and make it stand out even more um so I, th- I think yeah using it as kind of a launching pad for that and maybe see if I can get other opportunities to do this this type of stuff but did you feel ready to do something different from town heroes work or was it because I tasked you with this on a deadline that you feel so immersed in this work well I think both I th- and also I, this is kind of helping me go into my other project off the songs for my book. Yeah. So bo- a book I wrote, Power Chords, which is still, I guess, a manuscript, but I want to have published in the next couple of years. I have to, I decide I want to write a song for every chapter of the book. So that project's going to be kind of a combination off these instrumental pieces and songs with lyrics. So it's kind of going to be a merger of these two styles. Cause I can't, because it has to be kind of a mishmash of songs. Like if it was all songs, vocals, like by the end, if it's, they're going to be annoyed by my voice because it's 75 songs. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this massive project. So yeah, I have to figure out a way to tie in tie in all these songs and ideas of 75 off them and I have to capture the mood and the themes and the essence of each chapter and I guess I'm scoring a book ultimately and it's it's my book so I get to de- decide what what that feeling is but I have to look at the chapters and I have a printed off version off the manuscript and I, I'll go in and look at the chapter and I'm like what's can I do to capture this in the best way possible? And sometimes like, okay, I need, I need a song with lyrics where I can repeat this line in the book and, or this chapter needs to be just this 15 second little blob of sound that's, that kind of, I don't know, captures this exact intense moment or whatever it may be. And, some of them have to flow together so the key of one chapter will have to go into the next so it's almost like one giant song that is 75 songs so it's so many things to consider and so much thought has to go into it and this project galactic pie 
I'm kind of working on both of them at the same time. I haven't recorded any of the book songs yet, but I've been writing them all this past summer. And it's kind of merging it all together. Mm. Isn't it, that funny how it's created this natural peaking, really? Yeah. And it's funny, like, I'm just kind of hoping that something will come from all this. It's like I put in hundreds maybe thousands of hours into this and I think most people most sane people would never do that like hey go work a thousand hours for no money and no guarantees no guarantees of it and that's our whole life though really yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, th- I think I talked about this before but I remember the last job I had when I was at the recording studio at the library and they were paying me by the hour I'm like making like 30 bucks an hour and some, some hours, like there wouldn't be people in the studio. And I'm like, I can't, I can't get paid for this. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't do anything because I'm so used to putting in work where I don't get paid. But most people are like, how can I do as little work as possible and make as much money? I know. Yeah. But it's, it's weird. Like I just put in a thousand hours of work and I didn't make a cent. It's part of the, I have definitely, despite how much joy I have truly felt creating this project, there's also a little bit of that feeling and awareness of just how much of myself I have put into this show. And you're just hoping people show up to consume it. And it's on Thanksgiving weekend and it's on a Saturday night and, you know, it's, there we take risks, but at the end of the day, it has to be for us and about us, at least at a starting point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I just I kind of believe in believe in it all, in what it is and what we're doing and where we are at this point in our life. And I I don't I don't care about money at all, but I just I just want to not <laughs> not uh have not not have food in the fridge like i this project for me is i don't mean money in that part it's less about that it's more about the reception and creating a creating an experience and you need people to do that yeah i i guess is more of what's on my mind wanting it to be the immersiveness requires people, I think, in a way. Maybe not, though. Like, if there's five people there, it's still they the same experience. They still have an amazing experience. Yeah, and have to just believe that the pe- the people that I know are coming are... I, I couldn't have handpicked a more incredible group of people. Yeah. So, like, that already makes it special. Yeah, but it's also, like, we might not see... A big return on this right away, but we don't know where it will lead. Almost like me going to play the show at the art fundraiser. Like, it didn't pay anything, but I'm married to you when we're hosting this podcast. Oh, I was like, what art fundraiser? Yeah, Yeah, that's true. There's potential for anything to happen. Like, maybe some random person who scores... Or who's a movie producer will 
hear the songs like oh they're really cool maybe or a publisher will hear about your book from this podcast yeah, yeah this is kind of the prequel to that yeah that's that's one thing i needed i we self-published our last book and and from from what i've read and talking to other people who self-publish we've done really good mm-hmm. like we sold like a thousand copies of the book and just us yeah yeah yeah, that's not online sales, and yeah, and it, it was a great learning experience. I think having gone through self publishing, we now have a better understanding of what the traditional publishing market is, and you might be able to better choose who to represent you because of that. And I've I've talked to people who who are published authors and wish that they self published, and yes, like it's I don't know. There's pros and cons to each one, but. Mm-hmm. I kind of want someone to to do a bit of the work I don't want to do and be able to take it to places I can't take it to. Like I'll, I'm willing to put in all the time and energy I need to. Like the, the book I've created that doesn't exist yet, I've definitely put like, I don't know, 15,000, 20,000 hours probably, mm-hmm. maybe 30,000. Mm-hmm. Like they say it takes 10,000 hours to become an expert. I'm like, <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm an expert, but I put in more time needed to be one. But but yeah, I've I've been working on it for 20 years, so it's uh something I that shifted over time, become many different things and I'm very very proud of it and think it's think it's a good piece of work and but I just need a needed to find a home, and maybe that is just going the self-publishing route and just exhausting all the connections and whatever it is I've built up over the years. Maybe that is the the right way to do it. But well, our life is unlike a lot of others who have this trajectory, or you know that that path is laid out. You maybe it's you go get certified to be a a nurse and then you know exactly what that life is going to look like and the steps to to get there. Mm-hmm. We never know <laughs> what the outcome's going to be. Yeah. Especially with painting. I mean we've talked about this too. It's it's one thing even for a musician because you can go pick up a weekend gig if you need a couple hundred bucks in your pocket. I am exclusively relying on people to buy my things and hope that they feel something. But I am really starting so so you were talking about writing this soundtrack has kind of been a new experience for you and a welcomed one and has pushed you into a different creative place in your mind and I've actually found I've had a similar experience in that I'm ready to take a break from painting for a while not in a negative way I've just kind of exhausted that part of my output but I'm very much enjoying this idea of not necessarily event planning, but in bringing people together. I mean, mm-hmm. I my together land like this may come as no surprise, but I've really, really cherished that part of the gallery itself. But in this project in particular, because that's at the root of why I've done it. Mm-hmm. It's about connecting people. And so. I'd like to focus a little bit more on what that means and take a breather from just my hands on the canvas and, and see yeah. where that leads me. Yeah. You never know where it will be, mm-hmm. but 
You put the trust in the universe, in God, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever you refer to that as. And so something we've not yet talked about yet, and you probably haven't asked me because you didn't know if I would want to talk about this. October 7th? October 7th. Yeah, I didn't know if you wanted to. Maybe we should have had a powwow about this before, but, and I know you haven't asked because it's something that all along I've, I've not talked about this publicly or wanted it to be the grab for why people come to the show. Mm-hmm. But because we're doing an entire episode and conversation on this show, I feel like I need to say this yeah. and explain this, but October 7th, exactly. 10 years ago was the date of my very first art show ever. It was called The Thing and it was held at the Economy Shoe Shop in Halifax and it was complimentary of my thesis project, uh, which interviewed a number of local artists to inquire of them about their creative, quote, thing. So what was it within them that made them feel like an artist or this drive to create and were there similarities? Was it impacted by capitalism or industrialization of culture, this need to make money? So this show, yeah, that that means a lot to have your first art show. And it was exactly 10 years ago. I was not at that show, as you well remember, mm-hmm. um, because it was also the day that my mother passed away. And so I've often thought since then, especially being an artist, that I wanted to create something in her memory. And what a what a burden almost that can be to feel like you create something worthy of the person that you love the most in the world. Like, how do I possibly achieve something that's worthy of that? And so this show i needed to create a whole show (laughs) and i don't want to say it's in memory of or dedicated to her because i have not again used this language to promote the show or talk about it but in the creation of it all along this this has been the deepest driving factor behind the pieces and and that creates a lot of anguish at times because you want for it to to be good you want for it to feel like it's enough uh to serve that purpose and i've i've had a mixed bag of feeling that anxiety and then letting it go and being reminded that it's it's all again if we're all made of the same matter what appears on the canvas really is the same no matter what i make so i've been able to go back to some of these ideas but the timing of the show even uh is that exactly as it starts at 7.30 would have been when mom crossed over. Mm-hmm. And so down to the minute, there is significance in the timing, the date, the memory, the theme, all of it kind of comes to this point. It's 10 years. It's a significant part of your life. Like... A significant moment in your artistic career, like it, it's uh, something that changed you probably in many, many ways. That you've become you someone who is mourning the loss of of your mom, who you're very close with, 
and you stepped foot into your artistic journey all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The the first paintings I made were in mom's hospital rooms mm-hmm. for this collection that was released on October 7th, 10 years ago. Yeah. And even even then I got my first inkling. I I couldn't think about it in the ways I can now in reflection, but there would be uh, a doctor come in and comment on I think just having something different even happening in that environment, like, oh, it was a curious thing for people. It was almost a sense of therapy to have somebody painting in a otherwise stressful setting. And so it was my introduction to the power of art, really. It can mm-hmm. be a distraction. It can be a connector. It can be a therapy, uh, a memory. It can represent all of these things. And so I I love that sort of that that sad experience in my life as you're saying was this launching pad into the rest of my career now mind you i spent the next 10 years working in politics <laughs> you're still still working on art though but it's uh it's come full circle we'll yeah. we'll say that so it's uh cuz i've had people reach out like oh you know did you know this was thanksgiving weekend or it's a long weekend or we're away for the long weekend and i Gosh, I don't want anybody to feel guilty about not being able to attend, but I am very much committed to this being the date of the show. Yeah. For this reason. Well, yeah. it is truly a full circle moment. And you're also now a year and a half into being a professional artist full time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, in, in terms of just connectivity and just possibility and just looking up this at the stars and being inspired i think it just makes perfect sense to 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 have all these things line up in this way and to to celebrate a lot of things to celebrate to create just the creation of this project to celebrate your mom and to celebrate who we are as artists and how we've been able to bring people together. And even in the last week, we brought someone into our life who we didn't know existed. But is but this podcast, us talking, just me and you, the episode that changed her life was one of the episodes, just me and you. Mm-hmm. And it's, well, she said it literally saved her life. And this girl in Oregon, she... Aaron. Aaron Lacera, I think you say, I'm saying the last name right. I'm not sure. We didn't, we didn't hear it pronounced, but Aaron Lacera, an artist in the Western United States, she developed tinnitus and was kind of on her, her last straw, like contemplating taking her own life it was just a a horrible thing that happened to her and she scoured the internet to see if anyone was going through the same thing as her and found a podcast that you had done on tinnitus which then brought her to our podcast because we did an episode on you losing your hearing and she's 
she became inspired by this. Like, oh, there's another artist out there doing basically exactly what I do. Her husband is a musician. Yeah. Um, and she, it inspired her to, to keep going. Like, we have no idea this is happening out there in yeah. the universe. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we put these words out there with no idea who's listening, which is scary and amazing at the same time. Like, President Obama, if you're listening, hi. <laughs> um, so, we have no idea she's listening. We have no idea that another human out there is going through exactly what you're going through. And your strength that you showed was is helping her get through it. It's just, this is the ultimate connectivity. I have since re-listened to that episode that you and I recorded. It's episode 17 called yeah. Deaf Girl. Yeah. And in that episode, I had only been, I mean, I'd had tinnitus at that point for a number of years, but had only gone completely deaf in that ear for a little over a week. And so I have the benefit now of hindsight, but at that time I talked about, I have to believe that this thing that had happened to me will serve a greater purpose. Yeah. And fast forward to a year and a half later, Aaron had posted a review and reached out to us personally to share this story. It was so powerful and validating because, again, this full circle moment of there's the reason. This woman who you've never met just told you that you essentially helped save her life. Tinnitus is a maddening, maddening condition. And for her to say, I contemplated this, I get it. And anybody who has this 24 hours a day will is probably shaking their head like yeah and to to know that somebody else gets it much less as an artist much less as married to a musician and they're exposed and to her, this sound her husband does instrumental pieces i was listening to it it's Sounds wild awesome. it's wild that this has happened to us and it happened a week before galactic pie is opening and she left a review on apple podcasts which we didn't see until like whatever, a week ago or something. Yeah. And we saw it and she told the story and we were like brought to tears and amazed and like we have to, and, and she had written it a like while months prior earlier. Yeah. But we, we just, I don't know, never happened to look at that, those reviews. And we said, we should write her. And then the next day there was a message from her in our inbox Think about that timing. Yeah. So she wrote this months ago. We discovered it, had a conversation that we needed to reach out to her. And the next day she sent us a message with essentially the same language that was used in her review. So we sent her a number of videos (laughs) of us just talking and thanking her and connecting and she'll be in our life now. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll put her link up too so people can find her. So that's Galactic Pie. This is what's happening. We're all connected. Tickets are pay what you can. So, And one last thing I wanted to mention about this show, I'm at the tail end of a six-month training program through an organization called Sensory Friendly Solutions, which teaches me about disabilities, invisible illness, and sensory sensitivities that folks might experience. So while this show is sensory-rich, 
There are a lot of details about the show that are an outcome of that learning and meant to be considerate of people that have some of these challenges, such as hearing loss, yeah. uh, that will be incorporated and communicated in the email. So there's a lot there's a lot of things going on here. Yeah. They're all meaningful to me, and I just hope that they translate into this beautiful night that we can share with our friends. I just had the thought, how about I'll play one of the songs for the introduction? That sounds great. Yeah. So it's it's not finished yet. I still have a few more days to work on it, but I'll just kind of put it up as is and give a flavor. Give you a, a general idea. I th- and I'll I'll share the song Galactic Pie. Okay. So So al- how many songs are there all together, do you know? Uh 8 or 9. Okay. The or 9 is because I'm trying to fi- figure out if one of the songs is one or, or two. two. Yeah. <laughs> you should call it or nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so that's yeah, that I'll put so Galactic Pie is the name of the show, mm-hmm. will be the name of the album and is the name of one of the particular songs. Okay. And this one is uh piano based. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you are traveling through space. I loved this one. In and it's a glorious journey through space. It's not like you're losing oxygen and freezing to death. Right. You're, uh, <laughs> you're in the white hole, not the black hole in this Yeah, way. you're seeing all the beautiful things and just you feel like you're having an epiphany every second. That's kind of what I want this song to, to feel like. And just kind of like peaceful water falling or some... I, piano is a weird thing for me because... I couldn't sit down at a piano and someone say, oh, can you play this song? I'm like, I can play zero songs mm-hmm. other than the songs I've written. Right. Like, I can play Helpless because it's three chords and I, f- I figured it out at one point, but I don't know how to play other songs. I can play just when I sit down and my fingers go to certain spots, they're the songs I can play. And I remember when I first started to learn piano, I was practicing... Uh, at Gerard and Vicky's, this uh, couple in Inverness. Gerard has passed away. He was a very important figure in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Vicky was a piano teacher, and she wasn't teaching me piano, but they had a piano there, and I would just go and play for an hour or two. And she just said, "Your your songs sound like water falling." Mm. And I'm like, "Oh, that's that's nice. That is lovely. Like, I like that." And and I was going to say, yes, you've created songs. I, I see them more as you've created sound. You've yeah. created an a, a experience using sound is how I would describe your your album. Yeah. And that's how I hope the, the whole show feels, really. Yeah, I think it's going to be just a, a great group of people with just, yeah, art and music and... Togetherness. Togetherness. And food. And food. So Mm. good. Bring cash for that. So October 7th at 7 o'clock at Togetherland Art Gallery, 7628 St. Margaret's Bay Road. We're in the church. There's lots of parking. Wear your space costume. Don't stress about that part. It's meant to be fun. Uh, Art and music and Sarah's guided journey, the food and uh, connection. Okay, folks. Well, uh, yeah, here's uh, Here's Galactic Galactic Pie. Pie, the song.
in its non-finished form, but I hope you enjoy and hope we can see some of you at the show. And if not, um, yeah, we'll, you, we'll, we'll share stuff online and tell you all about it. Yeah, we'll share some of the new paintings, the album. I've got some even new furniture pieces, some new mm-hmm. upholstery pieces I've made. So uh, the show will be up until mid-October. If you want to pop by the gallery, it won't be the full experience, but you'll get to see some of those artworks. And yeah. like you say, your music will be released in weeks to come when it feels ready. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for, like, I'm saying this to you, Mike. Thank you for collaborating with me. I feel like we're very much immersed in this in a in the same way. Yeah. Uh, and it feels like a really important gift that you're giving me to make this for in memory of my mom, too. Yeah, it's been something I wanted to do for since the idea came. And it's funny, I have a voice memo. You, we were sitting in by our piano Mm -hmm. and I was kind of, we were just having a conversation and you just came up with the idea on the spot, like about connectivity and togetherness and we're all stardust and, and I was at the piano and I was was probably high, wasn't it? I was just (laughs) playing some dinky stuff from the piano and every time I come up with an idea, I just record on the voice memo. So I say, uh, here's the song that's going to be part of the soundtrack for the idea Kristen has. Kristen, what's that idea called? And you're like, uh, it doesn't have a name. It could be called uh, Galactic Pie. And we have that done recorded. That's how an idea is born. Maybe we'll play that clip at the show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, folks, much love. Thanks for tuning in. Check out uh, Aaron LaSera Art. Sorry for saying your last name wrong, Aaron, if you're listening. And yeah, Galactic Pie this this Saturday, October 7th. Songs will be out some point after that. And mm-hmm. and check out Sarah's page too. We'll put her yeah. link in here. And I want to give Sarah a big thank you and shout out for creating this very loving experience that I know it will be as well. Yeah. yeah. All right, friends. We'll see you in a few days. Galactic Pie. <laughs>